this morning. Amen. I hope you came ready to do that. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out. Right there. Come on. You got it. Darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say. 
name of the Lord, or are we just going to stand there? Amen. We're going to bless him. Why? Because there's joy in the house of the Lord. Let's uh, continue on. We'll sing that. There's joy in the house of the Lord. One, two, three, four. Come on.
there's joy in the house, what do you need to be doing? Put that on if you would. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. And then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. joy in the house there's good fellowship in the house amen if you would you may be seated and brother martin is going to come and he's going to give us our announcements if you would you can be seated good morning all right so uh first things first do we have any visitors here this morning first time visitors just signify by raising your hand we just want to document you being here so there's a little little card there uh, just turn it in on the way out in one of the baskets all right so uh, we do have Wednesday morning Bible study uh, fellowship hall from 10 to 11 Wednesday night services 6 p.m. we usually have a pretty good dinner 7 p.m. we have littles we have Bible study and we have the youth in here uh, Sunday school for all ages on Sundays at 10 a.m. just uh, get here an hour earlier uh, we are looking for help for teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers on Wednesday nights. Um, we are blessed, guys. We are very, very blessed that we get so many kids in here on Wednesdays. But for one person or two people to try to do it, if you're not helping, I would encourage you maybe every other or one week, one Wednesday, because um, I don't know if you know, but kids are hard to wrangle. It's like herding cats. And for one or two people, it is tough. Also need help on the cleaning crew. Um, see Miss Kate on that. Again, give them a round of applause because if you had seen this place after Wednesday, I would have thought we need to close the building now. Let's go home. It's condemned. But y'all do a wonderful job, and thank you. Uh, need volunteers for yard work uh, at church. See Brother Kerry or Brother Mark Shaw. Um, you know, they scare me sometimes because I work up here and I hear something going on out there. I think there's a burglar trying to get in. But you guys do a wonderful job. Thank you. Um, big thank you to all the ladies who attended and put together the Ladies Fellowship last night. Give them a round of applause. Ms. Julie said they had an amazing time. They watched the upset of Kentucky over Florida and enjoyed it. Um, and then also life recovery class today at 2 p.m., and if you don't know, this is why we're a little light today. Today is Cowboy Sunday. That's the most important on a day on a Sunday. So a lot of them are probably getting ready to watch the Cowboys. So anyways, let's praise like we do for college football or NFL. Amen. 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 As you've heard me say before, God deserves, if we can yell for football or baseball, our God is a whole lot better than football, baseball, basketball. Amen. He deserves our praise. Amen. You were born, in fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of sermon early. You were born a worshiper, and whether you realize it or not, you were all worshipers. 
It's just what are you worshiping, amen? We worship by our actions, and many times it's uh, what are we worshiping, and we say it with what we do rather than what we're, uh, we're expressing, amen? So uh, that's a little bit of preview into the sermon, amen? Let's stand again if you would, and uh, we are going to continue to worship with the great hymn, How Great Thou Art, amen? Let's sing it together. Sing a church. Then I shall bow in humble.
We're going to end with this song today, and I'm going to preach on this. This old chorus from back in the late 90s, early 2000s, if you'll remember it, it's called The Heart of Worship. It simply says that worship is more than just singing. If we were to strip all of this away, if we were to take all of the music away, if we were to take the sound system away, the heart of worship is just us pouring our heart out to God. Worship is not just about singing. It's not just about the things that happen on this stage. Worship is about what you do every day. Do you live a life of worship? When you give, you worship. When you serve, you worship. And everything we say and do uh, during the week is a part of our worship. Amen. So sing this song. I don't know if you remember it. It's called The Heart of Worship. Let's sing it together.
thank you, Lord, that it is all about you. It is not about us. May we always remember that everything we come and that we do here, God, has to do with you. It's not about us. It's not about what we like or even what our preferences are. It's not about that we're happy with everything that goes on in this place. It's about, Lord, what glorifies you. We all in this room have one purpose, and that is to glorify the Father, Lord. And so may we do that in everything that we say and everything that we do. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for loving us like you do. We thank you for this time that we have together. And Lord, now, as I preach, God, would you move me out of the way? God, would you have your will in your way? Lord, Holy Spirit, come and rain down on this place today. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning, amen. If you have kids that uh, would like to go to Children's Church, uh, they can uh, go and meet Miss Cindy there at the door, and uh, we'll have a wonderful time for you. Give our children's workers a big hand, if you would, for always taking care of our kids. Amen. I hear you, my brother. <laughs> um, I started preaching last week on worship, and uh, so kind of the way we're going to do it from here on out, and if this goes good, we may even continue to do this, uh, we're, we say, we're going to save a worship song for the end. Uh, you know, sometimes I preach at you and then uh, don't give you a whole, lot of, a whole lot of time to respond, so we're going to we're, we're kind of rearrange things. I know how much Baptists love change. That's why I did it, uh, but uh, we're going we're gonna to come back and worship at the end, so we're going to uh, save one song for the end and come back and worship, give you a chance to respond, but I thought... Uh, the way I like to do things, I like to preach on something. A lot of times if we're doing baptisms, I'll preach on baptism, and then we will do exactly what we just heard preached about. And so I figured while we were preaching on worship, uh, we just give you a chance at the end to worship. And if it's going good, we may just continue to do that, uh, do it that way, all right? Uh, but uh, the song we just sang is this, uh, the title of the message today, The Heart of Worship. Uh, last week, I talked about Jesus and the woman at the well, and you remember... What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? There are, there's a time for worship, and it won't, it won't take place in a temple. It won't take place in a specific place. And true worshipers will worship me in what? Spirit and in truth. Amen. So uh, we, we're pretty good on that spirit part. We kind of know what that means. Uh, I know some of you think, well, Brother Mark, I'm just not demonstrative. Or maybe you're a manly man, and you say, well, Brother Mark, I just can't. Uh, you know, I, I worship my own way, but I'm a manly man, and I can't be... I can't be just pouring out my love like that. Amen. Uh, can I tell you what? Uh, worship is a whole lot of things. And sometimes 
Uh, if you are a demonstrative person, I'm a very demonstrative person. So when I worship the Lord, I want to raise my hands. Uh, I, sometimes I want to get on my knees. Sometimes I want to get on my face before the Lord. But worship doesn't necessarily look like a specific thing. Uh, sometimes uh, worship, uh, there should be a lot more weeping involved with worship and a lot more on our face before God in worship sometimes than there should be clapping and jumping a pew. Amen. So we need to understand these things that God, uh, he just wants our heart. He doesn't care what that looks like, and it may look like something different for everybody in the room. So I'm not telling you today, when I'm preaching today, I'm not telling you that you have to do a certain thing or look a certain way. It's really whatever the Lord tells you to do. The main thing is don't be concerned with what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people think. Uh, your job is to please the Lord. My job is to please the Lord. There is only one person whose opinion matters. We get so caught up in our culture of trying to make everybody happy. What's that going to do when you try to make everybody happy? That drives you crazy, doesn't it? Because it ain't going to happen. You're never going to make everybody happy. And so we, we have to understand that just making God happy and pleasing God, that's a big enough job right there, all right? And so that's truly the heart of worship is just to please God, all right? Um, I, I spoke to you last week about many times the Lord commands us to praise him because uh, the Bible says that God inhabits or lives in the praise of his people. And last week we talked about worshiping in spirit and in truth, and that truth is really tough to worship in sometimes because the truth reveals your sin to you. The truth of God's word reveals the areas in your life that don't look right. And so many times that worshiping in truth, that's the hardest part, isn't it? But there's an old song. I'm, I'm in an old song day uh, today, I guess. Amen. We did Heart of Worship. And this is a song I used to sing probably at Landmark back years ago. Uh, but I don't do it as good as the original guy. This guy wrote it. And so uh, I asked uh, Brother James to get this video for me because uh, this really talks about uh, this song is called Praise the Lord. And again, it's an old song. It's back, probably goes all the way back to the 80s maybe or the 90s. But uh, uh, when you're up against a struggle, when things are going hard, when things are the hardest, praise the Lord because God will show up in your praise and he can show up and set you free and he can show up and lift you up and encourage you. Amen. So just watch this video. It's about three, four minutes of uh, this song, Praise the Lord. I just wanted to uh, give you some, a little bit of good worship time before we even start. Amen. Go ahead, Brother James. <laughs> When you're up against the struggle That shatters all your dreams And your hopes have been cruelly crushed By Satan's manifested schemes And you feel the urge within you To submit to earthly fear Don't let the faith you're standing in Seem to disappear
remember that Satan is a liar And he wants to make us think That we are paupers When he knows himself that we're children of the king So lift up the mighty shield of faith Though the battle must be won We know that Jesus Christ is That's a good reminder, isn't it? When everything seems to be falling apart, those chains, they just serve to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you begin to praise the Lord. Amen? That's what worship is for. Worship, we consider, most of you consider worship, well, I do that on Sunday. Can I tell you this? You're worshiping Monday through Saturday. When we come together on Sundays, that's just the time as that's the overflow of what should have already been happening Monday through Saturday. We need to be having that private praise time, that private worship time. And I'm here to tell you, on the days when Satan has crawled on your back, on the days when he's telling you, you're a pauper, you're a slave, you're no good, you're dirty, you're stinking, and you're not worth anything, just begin to praise him. Just begin to praise him. And the shackles will fall off. Amen. Uh, I'm not saying the problems go away. I'm saying that God inhabits the praise. He lives in the praise of his people. And he will show up in that room with you. Whether it's your living room, your bedroom, uh, the bathroom, wherever it is you're at, God's going to show up. Amen. And when God shows up, all things are possible. Amen. Woo, come on. Uh, somebody help me preach this morning. All right. I'm going to give you a two-word definition of worship. A two-word definition of worship this morning is love expressed. Uh, if it is love and it is not expressed, it's not worship. And if you express something yet it has not love in it, it's not worship. Worship is love expressed. 
You remember Paul says that if I do all of these things, I can give, I can serve, and I can do all these things, but if I do them without love, they are nothing. I'm just like a sounding cymbal, a gong going off. I'm making a lot of noise, but there ain't nothing happening. Amen? And so true worship is love expressed. In the same manner also, you can stand with your arms lifted as high as you can get them, but if there's no love in your heart or you have something uh, you have a hate in your heart towards your brother or your sister, get those hands down. That is not worship. Amen? Love expressed. It has to have both parts. And that's not always easy because I'm here to tell you, I can be good with God all day long, but to be good with you all the time is not easy. And I'm looking at you, David. I'm looking at you. Amen? Martin, I'm looking at you. Amen? I can be good with God all the time because God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Amen. But here's the thing you need to understand. God says, if you have something in your heart against your brother or your sister, lay down your offering, your worship also, that's your offering, lay it down at the altar and go and make it right with them. Amen. Otherwise, don't even bother. That's hard. That's almost as hard as that spirit and truth thing. Amen. Because I can be right with God all day, but I've got to be right with you. Amen. And if I'm not right with you, then I need to lay down my worship and I need to go and I need to make it right with you. All right. Uh, did you know, and I, I said this earlier, uh, worship is when we express our love to God. You were created to give and receive love from God. In fact, God commands us to love him. He doesn't make us love him because we're not robots. And it's a, that whole thing called free will. But I don't know if you knew this, but go back to Deuteronomy. We're going to first uh, verse we're going to look at is Deuteronomy 11 ones. Therefore, you shall not you might not if you feel like it, not if you're having a good day, not if you got up on the right side of the bed this morning. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments and his commandments always. You and I are commanded to love God. You and I are commanded to worship him. And I'm just going to give you a couple of things on worship this morning. Number one is this. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. Y'all have heard me say this many times. And the, the greatest thing I can compare it to and the greatest thing that, that uh, the Lord compared to our relationship with him, the intimacy level was marriage. So I'm only married to one person in this room, and it's not Gary Curry. I'm sorry, I'm not pointing at Gary Curry. It's that woman over there next to Gary Curry over there. Uh, so that's really the only one I can talk about. But marriage is the same way. Uh, you've heard me say this many times, especially to young people. Some of you women, all right, not even young people. Some of you women, all right, uh, because I hear this many times. Women say, Brother Mark, I'm waiting on a godly man. I'm waiting on a good man, but they ain't out there. They're out there. You just got to be patient. And you got to be looking in the right place. And you got to be where you need to be because you think God's going to send you the right guy when you're not in a good place because you're going to drag him down. Amen. But I'll be honest with you. Here's what I found in my experience in uh, counseling people. Many women, their chooser on men is broken. Many women choose bad. And how, why do I say that? Because many, many women, sometimes they make a bad choice the first time, then they make a worse choice the second time, then they make a worse choice the third time. 
you need some help. Amen? You need to be praying more. You need to be searching more. You need to have more patience. Amen? Because love is a choice. Some people think just because I get sweaty palms, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice this morning, but I'm going to preach on through it, all right? Because the devil don't want me to get this out to you, all right? Um, some people think, well, I get sweaty palms and I get them butterflies. So I'm in love. I just got to marry him. That's the stupidest thing. I, that's, a, that's the stupidest thing that will ever come out of your mouth. Emotions, you do not be run by your emotions. You control your emotions. Your emotions do not need to control you. And at that point, the sweaty palms and the butterflies. Now, did I get those with that woman over there? Oh, yeah. She was a righteous fox. Still a righteous fox. Amen. But I got the whole sweaty palms. I got the butterflies in the stomach. But was that really love? No, that was infatuation. It drew me to her. But that was not love yet. Because love is a choice. What I had was emotions. Now, emotions, they're not a bad thing. God created you with them. But that's the emotions is what initially drew me to her. But guess what? That does not say that's going to be a good matchup. That does not prove that this is the one God has for me. That has to be done in prayer and on my knees and that I make that choice and God tells me to make that choice. All right? And so I need to understand, uh, you know, just because I get sweaty palms and butterflies does not mean this is the person I need to marry. And that's where some people made a really bad choice. Because you can love somebody, you can be infatuated with somebody, let me rephrase that. You can be infatuated with somebody and have all the emotions, but know in your heart, this is not going to be good. I know many people who have said from the get-go, they said they were, they were standing at the altar literally, saying right before they got up there, I just don't think this is going to go good. Can I tell you that's a red flag? Hello. <laughs> Duh. Amen. I just don't know if this is, I, you know, I just don't know if this is going to go good. That probably means that you don't know that God is telling you this is the one. So that's a red flag. So stop. Don't make a bad decision. Amen? Uh, emotions does not give us the right. I know people that I believe truly are drawn towards each other and truly do have a love for each other, but they do not need to be married. Because... One or both of them is nowhere near in the right spot. Right? Come on, help me now. Am I right? All right. So we need to understand. Now, listen to me. There is always hope. And if you're in a bad marriage right now, I would tell you, pray. Begin to praise the Lord and pray. Pray for your spouse because I've seen God turn it around too. If you've already made that covenant, you've made a covenant with God. I don't know if you listened to your wedding vows, but here's what they said. I pledge before God uh, and my friends and my family to love this person for better or richer or in sickness and in, all right? So you have made that vow. You stood before your friends, your family, and God, and you entered into a three-way covenant contract. You, your spouse, and God at the head. So if you've done that, you've done it, all right? So you made that covenant and, and you made that commitment. And God does not take like that lightly. Amen. So I've known people. I, I knew a couple. They were both lost. And they were partiers, drugs, everything you could imagine when they met each other and they got married. Well, guess what? They're married for several years. Years later, they both end up getting saved. And then 
the wife begins to wonder, because you know how women, they tend to analyze everything. Uh, hello. She begins to think, well, if he wasn't the right guy back then, maybe he's not the right guy now. Maybe I married the wrong guy. And somebody had to set her straight and say, no, no, you entered a contract. It doesn't matter if you were lost when you did it. You entered the contract. Amen. And so you must honor that contact. And they ended up a, few, uh, a little bit later renewing their vows, recommitting themselves to each other, and had a brand new marriage, now based on Jesus Christ. Amen? So it's never too late. It's never impossible. Keep on with God. Amen? Even if you say, well, I wasn't in the right place. It does, if you entered into that covenant and that, that commitment, honor it. That's what God expects of you, all right? Now, I'm here to tell you, I'm not here to tell you, you know, if somebody's beating on you or there's sexual abuse, physical abuse, any of those things. But I am telling you, if there is uh, something, if it's just because I don't like him or I don't like her or, you know, we don't get along. Listen, many times it's hard, but I have to admit, when I have problems with that woman over there, not Gary, that woman over there. When I have problems with that woman over there, many times I have to look in the mirror and admit well, Mark, maybe you're the problem. Going to get an amen? All right. And many times that's exactly right. I think she's not acting right, but many times she's not acting right because Mark ain't acting right. Amen? And so I have to own my part of it. I have to own and I have to take my part. I can only control half of this relationship. And sometimes i got to pray hard. God, that's a hard-headed woman. I need you to talk to her. Amen? And I'm sure many times she has to pray and pray that same brother. God, that's a hard-headed man. You're going to have to help me with him. Amen? And so uh, that's okay, but God can do it. God can do it. All right? Love is a choice. Have you ever looked at someone else during worship, during music, let's say, worship time when it's expressed, and see somebody else with their hands in the air, and you say, man, I wish I loved God as much as they do. You ever done that? I've done it. I've, I've been sometimes in a worship service, and I was not in a good place up here or here. And I was just standing there, and the songs are going on. And I look over, and there's somebody just, I mean, they are just absorbed, and they are expressing their worship. They're pouring out their heart to God. And I just say, man, I wish, I wish I had that right now. But guess what? i got to get my heart right. And you know what? It's okay sometimes. Sometimes the Lord is using somebody else to show you where you need to be, and that's okay. Worship is very much caught and taught. We sometimes, you know, I'm watching those people worship. Even, even on watching a video, you can see other people worshiping, and you, it can inspire you to want to be a, more of a worshiper yourself, doesn't it? And that's okay. Let it do it. God says, I want to teach you some things, all right? Uh, the scripture for this is Matthew 22, 35 through 38. It says one of, and we all know this uh, story, but then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Notice before we move on, what is it? Heart, soul, mind. Totally encompassing. Many people got it up here, but... You've heard the saying, many people are going to miss God by 18 inches. Because it's not just enough to know about God. you got to know God personally. Amen. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and great commandment. Amen. Strong stuff. Um, 
here's the reason sometimes you can see somebody that's more of a worshiper you is because love leaks and love grows. So sometimes when you're far away from God, what's happened? Some of your love in your heart has leaked out. You're, you ever been there? Sometimes things have just been so hard, and I hadn't talked to God in a while. I haven't let him talk to me. I haven't been in his word. And sometimes the love in my heart and my spirit leaks out. You ever been there? Maybe you're there now. But it's okay. Because in the same way that it leaks, God can patch that hole in your heart. And he can make it begin to grow again. Amen. Your heart leaks. If you're going through something hard, I understand that. Your heart leaks. But God has the ability to patch that heart and then make something start to grow again out of nothing. He can plant a seed in a dry and weary desert land and he can make it start to grow again. Amen. He can restore. You remember what the word says? He can restore what the locusts have eaten. What Satan has already still stolen, killed, and destroyed from you. He can restore it. Amen. Let him do that. Mm. That's why our love usually grows hot or cold. You've heard me say this before. I find many Christians. My wife hears this a lot more than y'all do because she lives with me. But a lot of times Christians, they're like bottle rockets. They take off quick and they make a lot of noise. Woo, look at that guy. That guy just got to say, whoa. But what happened? What do bottle rockets do? They're real quick. They're real loud. And then they're gone. Unfortunately, it's a lot like Christians. Sometimes people get saved. Woo, Brother Mark, going to be there every Sunday. Going to be there every time doors are open. I'm going to go tell all my friends. Going to bring them in that door. Woo, come on now. And then three weeks later, I'm going, where's Brother so-and-so? Where'd, where'd he go? Oh, I think he's back at the bar again. Bottle rockets. That's because, again, our love can grow hot and our love can grow cold. And you, we need, you've got to keep it stoked to keep it hot. What happens when you start a fire in your fireplace? What do you have to do on that fire? You just leave it alone. Eventually, that fire is going to burn out, right? But you got to keep stoking. You still got to keep stoking the fire. You got to keep adding the wood. Amen. Are you doing that in your worship? Are you doing that in your personal time? Are you doing that in your personal relationship with the Lord? Are you stoking that fire? Get you a good old fire poker. Amen. That fire poker is good for a lot of things, whacking your spouse over the head, amen. But uh, it's good for stoking the fire. Sometimes you've got to stoke the fire to get it hot again, amen. So if, you're, if your life is cold, and listen, we've all been there. Sometimes your love just grows cold. And can I tell you, you ain't fooling nobody in your family. When your love grows cold, everybody in your family knows it because you're not the same spouse you're not the same father. You're not the same mother. When your love is growing cold and you're struggling, everybody around you can feel the effects of it. Amen? So you've got to keep that love growing hot. You've got to keep that relationship with the Lord growing hot. All right? Uh, here's number two. Uh, number one, love is a choice. Number two, worship is expressed. All right? If, you, if, if I go to Julie and I never express my love, I'm not going to have a good marriage. I told Julie I loved her 37 years ago. This is some men's response. Well, I told her 37 years ago. If it changes, I'll tell her then, all right? Other than that, she ought to know, all right? Ooh, men, you better get that cold, hard heart out the way, amen? You're not going to have a good marriage that way. Love has to be expressed. 
How do you know when a guy falls in love? Let's just, let's just make it a, a visual. How do you know when that guy falls in love? Because when that manly man who drives that big old pickup truck and hunts and fishes, when you see him at the mall with his woman and he's waiting outside uh, Forever 21 and he's holding her purse, and you can see him, he's trying not to be obvious, but he's, he's holding that little purse and he's waiting on his woman. That's love, amen? That's the guy that fell in love, amen? It makes you do things. You say, this, this is stupid. I would never do this, amen? But love will make you do a whole lot of stupid things, amen? Still continues to do a whole lot of stupid things. I do a whole lot of dumb things for my wife. I won't do for any of y'all, amen? But I do it because I love her, amen? Love is expressed. Worship is expressed. God created us to communicate with him. Let's talk about communication. Again, going to use marriage. I have a real desire for men, manly men, to worship God. Because men are a little bit harder. Men tend to be a little bit more closed off, not quite as demonstrative. If you get a man raising his hands, ooh, you've done something, amen. Now, women, they're a little bit more in touch with their feelings, amen. <laughs> women, they raise them hands easy, amen. And we've got to understand that women just express love easier than men. Now, that's, that's a scientific fact. That's not just that. So women have a little bit easier time with this, all right? Uh, studies show that women communicate. I know this is going to be a shocker. Studies show that women communicate by talking. I know, I know, it's a shocker. And listening. I find they do more talking than listening. That's why I listened to that first, amen? But Women, this is how women communicate. Point being, uh, a woman will tell you when two women get together, they will say, what did y'all talk about? And boy, then it's on. Amen. You better have a couple of hours on your hands. Men, I'm going to give you a little sight into talking to your woman. When you talk to your woman and she comes back from a meeting with some other ladies, don't ask, what did y'all do? <laughs> ask, well, what did y'all talk about? And then settle back, get you a big old iced tea and just settle back because they're going to tell you everything they talked about. Because women tend to communicate by listening and talking. Now, women, I'm going to give you a little insight to a man because I are one. Amen. Men communicate by watching and doing. Men are doers. Men are fixers. This is why you tell your husband what's going on and what's wrong in your life. And your husband starts to tell you how to fix it. And you go, would you shut up? I do not want you to tell me how to fix it. I didn't talk to you to tell me how to fix it. But men can't help it. That's the way men are wired. We're fixers. Amen? And men learn by watching and doing. Watch the way men interact with each other. You can send your man off to go hunting all day, fishing all day, or playing golf all day with his buddies. And... He'll come back and you'll say, well, what did y'all talk about? And he'll go, nothing. And guess what? He's pretty much telling the truth. Amen. They didn't talk about it because men don't communicate that way. Amen. But if you ask your man, come on now. But if you will ask your man, women, I'm going to teach you something. If you will ask your man, well, what did y'all do? Get you a big old iced tea and sit back because he will talk. Amen. He will tell you all day what they did because, again, men are watchers and doers. All right. This is why men are from Mars, women are from Venus, or whatever that book was, amen. Uh, it's very, very true. We are wired completely different. 
And this is where problems in marriage come because we expect our spouse to think and act and do the way we do, and nothing could be further from the truth. Number one, because you've got two different personalities. Number two, because you're a man and she's a woman. Amen? And so that right there is enough to cause a whole lot of problems. Amen? But understand each other. This person is not me. This person doesn't react like me. They don't solve problems like me. And so your marriage will be a lot smoother if you'll understand that. And understand uh, how to, and, and the ultimate proof of this is look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus took 12 guys, men, right? And Jesus said, follow me, watch me, and then do what I do. Right? That's exactly how Jesus did it. So men, I'm here to encourage you today. We are watchers and doers. Men, watch other worshipers. Watch other manly men worship. It's okay. It's in the, I checked it out. It's in the Bible. It's okay. Amen? There's a scripture. Go ahead and pull up Psalm 63, 1 through 4. This is David. Anybody remember David? Oh, well, David, he was probably, a, he was probably an ultra-feminine guy. No. This is a guy who killed bears and lions with his bare hands and then took a slingshot and killed a nine-foot giant. This is a manly man, and this is David. Oh, God, you are my God, and early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And so I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. You can sing the songs, men. It's okay. It's in the Bible. And then look at this. Thus I will bless you while I live. And I will what? Lift up my hands in your name. The manliest man in the Bible says, this is what I'm going to do. And it's okay. It's in there. It's okay. All right? I'm going to ask the band to come back. And I just want you to be a worshiper. I want you to understand it is about a condition of your heart. It is not about just what you do demonstratively it's not about if you raise your hands but it is a matter of your heart the heart of worship can i tell you this when you serve you're worshiping god when you give when you give your tithe you are worshiping god when you love on your spouse and have a strong marriage you are worshiping the lord amen and god can take the dead things in your life and he can bring them to life amen he can turn graves into gardens, and that's what we're going to sing. Amen. He can take dry bones, dead bones, and he can raise them up from the dead. God can resurrect whatever's wrong in your life, whatever bad things are happening in your life. Just hang on to God. Praise the Lord, for God inhabits the praises of his people. Father, I pray that we could worship you, pour out our hearts to you. And Lord, as we just sing this song to you, as we praise your name, for it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord. All right. Let's stand if you will.
response. Brother Martin's going to be on this side if you need somebody to pray for you. I'm going to be on this side if you need somebody to pray for you. You just need to come to the altar. Pour out your heart before God. You need to join the church. If you need to, if you would say today, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if I'm saved today. We can get that taken care of right now this morning. Amen. And you come and you just say, Brother Mark, I, I need to make sure that I know where I'm going. If you would say today, I'm not sure where I would go if I were to die right now. God, We'll take care of that because it's all on him and not on you. Amen. Father, have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Julie's going to.
There's nothing. Oh, there's nothing. Come on. Better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Do you believe it? One more time. There's nothing. Lord, there's nothing. seated for just a second <clears throat> and I wanted to present today uh, Miss Bonnie Hilton Bonnie come on up here give Bonnie a big hand if you would amen and Bonnie comes today wanting to be a, a member of our church uh, on a statement of her faith she's asked the Lord Jesus to come to her heart not too long ago and uh, she wants to be baptized so uh, we're going to try to baptize her next Sunday all right so anybody, uh, and that's a good time if any of you have been saved and never been baptized, uh, we're just going to have it ready for it. It's going to be real simple. You just come bring a change of clothes and you can be baptized uh, with Miss Bonnie. Amen. Uh, not at the same time. We'll do you individually. All right. Uh, it'll be good. But I know that you want to come and you want to uh, shake her hand, hug her neck and just tell her how much we love her and appreciate her uh, being a part and giving her life to the Lord. Amen. And pray, pray for Bonnie. She's making a turnaround in her life. 
just like what we talked about. Amen. There's uh, times in our life where we got to say, Lord, I'm, I'm changing the direction. Amen. And guess what? The devil don't like that. So we know he don't like that. And so he's going to jump on uh, our back. Amen. And so it's, this is why we need to pray for each other, love each other, encourage each other. Amen. So let's stand. Father, we love you. Thank you for Bonnie. God, just thank you for what you did this morning. God, may we be true worshipers as we leave this place. God, our worship is really going to be about what are we doing when we leave this building today? When we go out of these doors, are we going to be true worshipers? Uh, and are we going to live our lives as an act of worship, God? And so I pray you'd help us to do that. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hey, I was going to tell you guys, too, don't forget, uh, I showed a clip from The Chosen last week. We were looking at a couple of Sunday nights. Of